the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to the radio broadcast ministry of Kettering Baptist Church, where we minister in the spirit of excellence under the leadership of our anointed senior pastor, Buca Sterling III. Please stay tuned at the end of this broadcast for information on how to obtain a copy of today's message in its entirety. And now, Pastor Sterling. We're grateful on today to have another privileged opportunity to stand, to declare the word of God, to worship him, to glorify him. Thank you, uh, praise team, for just leading us in worship and walking us into the presence of the Lord this morning. I want to invite your attention this morning, if you have your Bibles with you, and you should. I want to invite your attention to Ezekiel chapter 2, Ezekiel chapter 2. When you find it, let us know you're there by saying amen. Ezekiel chapter 2, we'll begin our reading at verse 1. The word of the Lord reads as follows, And he said to me, Son of man, stand on your feet, and I will speak to you. Then the Spirit entered me when he spoke to me and set me on my feet. And I heard him who spoke to me. And he said to me, Son of man, I am sending you to the children of Israel to a rebellious nation that has rebelled against me. They and their fathers have transgressed against me to this very day, for they are impotent and stubborn children. I am sending you to them. And you shall say to them, thus says the Lord God, as for them, whether they hear or whether they refuse, for they are a rebellious house, yet they will know that a prophet has been among them. And you, son of man, do not be afraid of them, nor be afraid of their words. Though briars and thorns are with you, and you dwell among scorpions, do not be afraid of their words, or dismayed by their looks, though they are a rebellious house. You shall speak my words to them, whether they hear or whether they refuse, that they are are rebellious. Amen. Father, we honor you this morning and are in need of your presence and your power that you might speak a word. Heavenly Father, that is powerful and strong, relevant and true. A word, eternal God, that provides the direction of salvation, the drawing of the lost sinner to yourself. Speak a word, Heavenly Father, that would call someone who's drifting in their fellowship to renew broken fellowship, to come back to you and say, Lord, I return. Lord, I have transgressed. Lord, I want to be restored. Restore them today, God. Father, speak a word that would give wisdom and edification to those that are listening. I pray, God, that you would even through the power of your word today, 
uncover that which is covered and reveal that which needs to be revealed. Speak into the lives of your people, God, both here and those listening and will listen via live stream and through the various mediums. We are grateful, God, today for the privilege of being able to preach your word. And it is my prayer even now, God, that you would speak through these lips of clay. Words of life, words of hope, words of edification. That when it's all said and done, your name would get all the glory and all the honor and all the praise. For, Lord, you alone are worthy of it all. It's in Jesus' name that I pray with thanksgiving and expectation. Amen and amen. And as we walk through this passage in Ezekiel here, just to give a little a bit of a, a backdrop to the text, the whole first half of this book of Ezekiel, uh, you need to understand God is focusing on his judgment upon Israel, Judah specifically. See, Judah has been rebellious and I'm going to say um, extremely rebellious in that first they watched their brothers in the north rebel against God and God caused them to be destroyed, assimilated throughout the nations and wrought out. And God sent warning after warning to Judah, the two southern tribes, and said to them, if you don't repent, if you don't turn around, I'm going to bring judgment on you. But they had their own prophets amongst them who said, God's not going to judge you. Nothing's happening. See, look around you. Everything seems to be okay. Everything's fine. God's not going to do anything. And so God continued to send prophets to them to let them know judgment was coming. And they refused to repent. They refused to turn around. They kept doing what they wanted to do. And so God began to send judgment in the form of Babylon. And here in our text, they are right now in the midst of being held captive and being drawn out from their own land by Babylon. They're in exile. They're captives to the Babylonian nation, the heathen nation that God has raised up to bring judgment on them. But these are a stiff-necked and rebellious group of people who refuse at all angles to repent and turn away. They think that the judgment of God is just going to pass by. And it'll be all right after a while. Just, it's going to be all right. Just keep on. God's not really doing nothing. This is just something we can explain away. But yet, they will not repent. They will not turn their hearts back to God. And in the midst of this text, Ezekiel's calling is what we find ourselves reading through. And Ezekiel's calling... Uh, is the longest and most detailed this, uh, of any calling that we get an observation of in Scripture. In fact, Ezekiel's calling is identified and spoke through from chapters 1, 2, and 3. But in the midst of Ezekiel's calling, uh, as God is speaking and talking, he's using the words of rebellion over and over and over and over again. In fact, eight times in three chapters while God is calling Ezekiel to, to this ministry or assignment of preaching his message to his people, God has to tell Ezekiel eight times that the audience that I'm sending you to is a rebellious and a hard-headed and a stiff-necked people. 
Now, I'll say this, uh, Ryan, the audience that God has called you to preach to, not just you, Ryan, but every other preacher, every other one who will serve in this generation, everyone who will serve, preach, and teach in this season, you need to understand that you have been called to preach to, to teach to, to minister to, to work among a hard-headed, stiff-necked, rebellious generation. Are y'all still here with me? I mean, the reality is, this is a a difficult assignment. Uh, It's an assignment uh, to talk to folk who don't want to listen, to preach to people who don't want to hear your message. Lord, help us here. It's a difficult assignment preaching to stiff-necked, rebellious people who refuse to repent even though God is judging them. It's hard to preach to people. It's hard to tell people God is the way. God is calling you out of darkness. God is is wanting better for you. Even, watch this, even in the middle of a pandemic when God is saying to them, I'm in control, they still won't repent. They mad because they can't do what they, they want to get back to their norm. When God is shaking things up saying, your norm is not sufficient for me. They refuse to repent. But we still have this assignment, difficult as it may be, to preach to a people, to teach to a people, to minister to a people who are rebellious, who are hard-headed, who are stiff-necked, and who refuse to repent. Do you know that throughout the year-plus time of pandemic, we're still in it. I know restrictions are being lifted and all that, but we're still in a pandemic. There has not yet been a universal call of repentance. Hard-headed, stiff-necked, rebellious people. This is the generation that you've been called into to preach a gospel to. This is the generation we have to, to serve, to minister to, to minister among. This is, a, this is a message that God is sending, and somewhere along the way, I'm, I'm just talking, I'm just talking. Somewhere along the way, we need to realize that God is not playing with man. All right, I know y'all didn't come to hear that kind of message, but I, I need to tell you what it is anyway. Because if your eyes are too blind to see what God is doing, if you haven't figured it out yet, there are judgments that come upon the land and, and watch this, and not always in the way you think it will come. And just because you can explain away something or because you can give some kind of scientific or, or sociological definition or description of it doesn't mean that it's not God's hand because God's hand is moving in everything that's working in our lives. I want to talk this morning from the subject matter, the divine but difficult assignment. The the divine but difficult assignment. Specifically, preaching this morning has a focus for me because I'm going to be licensing a young man into the preaching ministry. But I need you to understand something about assignments from God. First of all, assignments from God are divine assignments. 
That means they come from uh, God himself. Um, They are unquestionably God's expectation and calling on you to do, to perform. But preaching specifically is a divine assignment. It requires a divine call. Preaching is not something you can be called by somebody else to do. I'm going to get there. Um, You can't call yourself to it. And somebody else can't say, you know what? I think this is what you ought to be doing. No, no. And let me tell you, and as I dig deeper into this, you're going to find out why this needs to be a divine call. And I can tell you after 36 years of ministry that if it had not been divine, I would have left. If it had not been the hand of God who called me in it, I would have abandoned it because there's no no earthly pleasure in doing what God has divinely assigned you to do. Who wants to be assigned to give up their life to preach to people who are are rebellious and stiff-necked and don't want to hear what you have to say? That, that's, not, that's not an easy assignment. And, and I know y'all saying, wait a minute, Pastor, you're calling us rebellious and stiff-necked. I'm not calling. I'm just talking about the text. I was talking about the text. This is what Ezekiel has to do. And so it's a difficult assignment. And in chapter 1, Ezekiel has a, a miraculous, a majestic encounter with God. In the midst of a whirlwind, and if you read through chapter 1, what you'll find out about this experience that uh, Ezekiel has uh, is that he is traveling along in route, Lord help us here, in route with the other captives to captivity. He's, He's along with them, watch this, and this is how God does. In the middle of you doing what you was minding your business doing, God has a way of showing up and majestically letting you know it's me who has to have a conversation with you. So he has this divine encounter with God, just like Isaiah, just like Jeremiah. uh, Ezekiel has the privilege to have, first of all, this divine and spectacular and miraculous encounter with God before he hears the message and the assignment that's being given to him. I'm just going to say this. I think that's important because when you're in the middle of doing a difficult divine assignment, you need to have some affirmation that it was God who sent me out here. Lord, help me here. When people are trying to take your life, when people are trying to talk about you behind your back, when people are trying to steal your wife away from you, when people are trying to ruin your kids, you need to know that God sent you on this assignment because because, Lord help us here, if if God didn't send you, you you get in the flesh quickly. So, So I think sometimes it's just good to know that beyond a shadow of a doubt, God has called you to this thing. So in Ezekiel's case and in Jeremiah's case and in Isaiah's case, they have these these encounters with God that are miraculous in nature. These these supernatural, um, splendid 
uh, uh, visions of God that, that, that verify and validate for them for the remainders of their ministry that I know it was God who sent me. Kind of like the Apostle Paul when Paul falls off of his donkey in route. To, and, and, and then he has this miraculous encounter with God. And, and throughout Paul's ministry, he knows it was God who calls him. When people have stoned him, when they left him for dead, when he, when he was shipwrecked and, and all the other experience he goes through, he knows that I'm on this assignment, divine as it is and difficult as it is. I know that it was God who sent me. Y'all still here with me? So now, if, if your, your, your ministry is not preaching, then you can still apply the same principle. It's a divine assignment. If you're on divine assignment from God, trust me, you want to know that God sent you on it. And so he, this divine but difficult assignment requires some things. And first and foremost, as we look at the text, um, it, says, it says in verse number one, he said to me, this is after he has this encounter with God, the appearance, the visions of God in his splendor. Uh, verse two picks up and he says, he said to me, son of man, stand on your feet and I will speak to you. The first requirement uh, of dealing with and handling this divine but difficult assignment is to stand up on your feet and hear God's word. This divine and difficult assignment, you need to stand on your feet and hear God's word. Son of man, stand up. Watch this. The requirement here is, is not... Watch this. The requirement here when he tells them to stand up. Listen, I'm, I'm reading. Under, I'm going to take you underneath the surface. The requirement here is not for him to stand up. The requirement here is for him to have the will to stand up. Stay here with me. Because when you are standing face to face with God, when you are standing in the Shekinah presence of God, you cannot stand. Your flesh automatically bows to the king of kings and lord of lords. You have no ability to stand up while you're standing in the presence of God. And that's why the Bible lets us know that at the name of Jesus, every knee is going to bow and every tongue is going to confess because flesh will surrender to the power and the magnificence of God. So it sounds almost contrary that God would say to Ezekiel, Ezekiel, stand up. But really what he's literally asking in Ezekiel is Ezekiel you've got to have a will to stand up before me and hear my word can I talk to somebody this morning I need you to understand something about preachers every preacher is not willing to stand before God every preacher every person wearing that title every person wearing that collar every person standing in the pulpit every person pastoring churches has not necessarily had a willingness to stand and hear from God. A whole lot of folk, Ryan, they just want to say something. They just feel like, I, I want to say something. I got something to say. They think it's glorious standing up here preaching to people that don't want to hear you. Falling asleep on you, checking their text messages, being on Instagram and, and, and Facebook while you preaching. You done labored and, and labored and gave up your Saturday and your Wednesday and your Friday. And you, you, you've been sweating and praying and crying. And you get up to stand and they got the nerve to be on their phone playing playing video games while you preaching. I'm just talking to somebody this morning. This is me and you in the house. Every, everybody, a little help here. Um, every, everybody who preaches doesn't want to stand before God to get the word from God. So a lot of people that preach but haven't heard anything from God. 
But the requirement here for this divine and difficult assignment is you've got to have the willingness to stand on your feet and hear from God. The Lord says, you stand on your feet and I will speak to you. But if you're not willing to stand on your feet, I'm not going to speak. Watch this. If you're not willing, Lord, help me here, to surrender to what's necessary to stand before me to get this word, I'm not speaking. So watch this. So the the Bible says, verse 2, then the spirit entered me and he spoke to me and set me on my feet mercy and I heard him who spoke to me listen when when it was clear that Ezekiel had a will to hear from God the Holy Spirit came into him this is unusual for the Old Testament for my Old Testament scholars the Holy Spirit typically comes on folk but in this occasion he comes in him he says the Holy Spirit entered me and the Holy Spirit lifted me up because I couldn't lift myself Lord help me here the Holy listen listen when, when you when you let God help me um, when when you are when you are willing to let God talk you when you are willing to let the Holy Spirit come into you when you are willing to stand the Holy Spirit will give you the strength and the power to stand before God Ryan I need to help you here because I know you're starting out in this thing but you need to have a willingness to let the Holy Spirit have his way in you when Ezekiel surrendered then the Bible says the Holy Spirit came And strengthened him and stood him up physically. And it wasn't until he stood up before God that he said, watch this, two things. God began to speak and I began to hear. Lord, have mercy. If we had more preachers who would wait on the power of God to speak we'd have more sermons that were worth hearing and the transformative word of God would be moving through the land instead of entertaining messages that tickle the ears and the fancies of people I'm preaching way better then the people are saying amen. Trust me, when you give your will to want to hear what God says, the Spirit of God will strengthen you. And why do I need strength? I need strength because everything around me is tugging at me to say something else. I need the strength, I need the strength to stand because... One, I'm in the presence of a holy God. And two, because my flesh really don't want to stay there, I want to hurry up and get away from here. 
Because as long as I stand in the holy presence of God, I realize all the more how naked I am and how wretched I am and how unworthy I am. But I've got to have the spirit of God stand me up and hold me there till I can hear from God. Until I hear that God is done speaking, then I know I've got a message to take to God's people. So he says, stand up and you will hear He says, and I heard him who spoke to me. Praise the Lord. You have been listening to the radio broadcast ministry of Kettering Baptist Church under the leadership of Senior Pastor Bukas Sterling III, where we minister in the spirit of excellence. We pray that you have been richly blessed by today's message. Financial contributions in support of this ministry are welcome. We thank you in advance for uniting with us in kingdom building. For a copy of this sermon on CD or to hear this message again on the web, please visit our website at KetteringMinistries.org and remember to reference the title or broadcast date. We hope that you have enjoyed our journey together. And we invite you to join us in person for one of our spirit-filled worship services, Sundays at 10 a.m. at the Legacy Center, located at 6909 Crane Highway, Upper Marlboro, Maryland, or virtually via our website, Facebook, and YouTube. For additional information, go to our website at KetteringMinistries.org or contact our church office at 301 301- Please join us again as Senior Pastor Bukas Sterling III and the Kettering Baptist Church family minister in the spirit of excellence. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.